Hey y'all, I'm Nikki. And I'm Selena, and this is Sweet Tea TV, a podcast by two Southerners exploring and celebrating the better parts of Southern culture on TV and in entertainment. In our first season, we'll dive into the iconic show Designing Women, a series far ahead of its time, following four strong, brazen women right here in our backyard, Atlanta. So join us as we break down each episode and discuss what they got right, what they got wrong, and how this show holds 30 plus years later. Come on, let's get into it. Well, hello, Selena. Well, hello, Nikki. Are you eating a Reese's Pieces cupcake by chance? I, no, I'm not. Oh, well They're then. They're gone. Oh, so for everyone listening, it's important to say that uh, for our trailer for our podcast, Selena played a movie trivia game. If you haven't listened to it, you should listen because it's a fun listen. Uh, but she did really, really well. She listened to backwards Southern movie clips and had to identify the movie. She did an amazing job and wanted a treat. <laughs> Is that fair to say? Wanted a treat for winning? Well, I did everything except for say like, um, and I will take this at this address <laughs> at this time. Um, you weren't yeah. super subtle about it. I wasn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> but that's my love language. I like treats. And I know this about you. So I dropped off a batch of Reese's Pieces cupcakes. So tell us, tell our listeners, how were they? They were wonderful. Also, just so you, but first you have to know that she like did a doorbell ditch. That's, <laughs> I, tried. I don't think that's what I don't think that's what it's called. But I, my office is towards the front of the house, so I see a figure <laughs> running at full speed down my driveway because we live on a little bit of an incline. Not creepy and at all. He, well, it's not creepy. I just thought maybe someone had like was like pulling a prank or. Why is the Amazon delivery person person like hauling tail? Like, Trying to finish up his day. Yeah, I'm like, we don't have like pets or anything. So like there's no large dog chasing this person down the driveway. And I come out and it was Nikki and she dropped me off treats. And so it was really nice. So I guess I'll just go ahead and tell you and everyone else at the same time. They were very delicious. Um, Casey was grateful because I shared, uh, and he didn't name any Southern movies backwards. Although I did play it for him. He did get a couple actually. Is that right? Yeah. He got two. Oh, good for two. him. Yeah. Uh, but he, uh, so I shared with him and, and then, but like, you know, I was trying to have an appropriate amount, you know, is there an appropriate amount? No, not for me. The apparently. limit does not exist. So the second day that I had them, so I want to give you a compliment on the fact that they got better the oh. second day. Maybe it was even the third day. I don't know, because like days are jumbled. But um, that's unusual for cupcakes, I feel like. Well, usually in my house, they don't last to the second day, so I wouldn't know. Well, I was really, 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 really trying to pace myself. Good for because, you. Well, it's a weekday, and I like to do all of my sugar binging on the weekends. Yes. So it's, it's not healthy. As one does. It's just just my routine. Ah. So I was trying to <laughs> Something to be it. said for a routine. <laughs> yes, it's such a wonderful routine. Uh, but this is how it went the, the final night that they were in the house before I had to get rid of them. Um, so... It was, I'll just, you guys have to know, there was Reese's Pieces on top and then Reese's Pieces in the middle. 
of yep. these cupcakes. Yeah. And I don't know, like, sometimes I like icing, sometimes I don't. But whatever this icing was, it was really good. I see your face. How? Icing, what does that mean? Don't icing shame me. Some <laughs> icing is not as good as other icing. You can tell that my daughter and I are mother and daughter because we literally eat the icing first all the time. It doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter if I don't like the icing. I eat it first. Oh, I still eat it. <laughs> oh, okay. That makes me feel better. Face <laughs> taken back. I just don't always like it as much. Um, so there's like classifications of icing. Okay. It, so anyways, but I say that to say that this icing was really good. Well, good. You know? So I actually tend to find that, uh, like I, I like a nice, this could go down a really bad path. So I'll just say like, like a chocolate fudge icing that's like on a cookie cake, for instance, mm-hmm. is better than the white icing that's on a cookie cake. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? Go test some. I see what you're saying. I'm not sure I agree. But anyway, that's right. I shouldn't apply that to you. Long story short, I'm. I I started off. I'm. I'm gonna have just a couple of these Reese's pieces. You know what? I'm just gonna have the Reese's pieces off this other one. Uh You know what? I'm just gonna have the Reese's. I'm just gonna eat the Reese's pieces inside. (laughs) I'm just gonna eat all the icing off of all the cupcakes. I'm just gonna, and then I just work myself into a tizzy, and I had like all but like the stump of two cupcakes and then <laughs> felt really guilty the next morning. Didn't want to look at the mess I had made. <laughs> just walked away. And then, well, the, and the two stumps went in the trash. So I apologize, but I, because it was so hard. You did so the best you could. Not to eat those two stumps, but I felt like if <laughs> That's I could That's called self-control. A, a, <laughs> yeah. Um, if I could just give a little bit to the food gods, wash my hands of it and be done. All that to say... Thank you, Nikki. That was very kind, and they were very delicious. You're very welcome. Congratulations on winning the game so well. Um, So I wanted to start with that order of business and just let folks know that we checked that off the list. I feel like I had a charge to make a reward for you, a reward delivered. The second order of business I wanted to cover before we launch into this week's episode, which is episode five, um, is... There's a website that I think you've stumbled on in your research, and I've stumbled on it in my research, this fantastic website called designingwomenonline.com, where they do a deep dive into every episode. They cover some trivia. There's all kinds of content on there. So one of the things I noticed um, this last week, actually, when I was looking at it, is that the order of the episodes is different than the order of the episodes in Hulu, which was unusual, right? I got a text about it. You did. I, I was, I was, is this a panic shot? Do we need a panic? I think is what I No panic. Yeah. No panic. Because uh, who knows, really? But anyway, right. so I took a long shot sort of attempt here and I emailed uh, the website. They had a contact address and I emailed it. And lo and behold, within just a couple of days, I got a response back. And I was just asking them, do you have any idea why the order is different on your website than it is on Hulu? And one of the things I think we were both aware of as we started working on this podcast is that the order of airing of episodes from the beginning was a little mismatched. Um, And that was based on, I guess, something to do with the network and just how the order they decided to air in. And then it got extra complicated with syndication. And I don't really know how to explain this any better, except that it's very confusing how they were ordered after the pilot episode. So the response I heard back from designingwomenonline.com is essentially that. 
that it was very it was they were aired in a confusing order. Um, there really wasn't a lot of um, consistency. And then the uh, syndication complicated things even further. Um, but this person that runs this website said that they were able to get some behind the scenes information. Um, so they based the order that they have on their website based on that. Um, but then in the process of creating the DVDs, they ended up with the order that Hulu has. So we are watching it in the order that the DVDs are in, which this person that runs the website seems to think probably is a sensical order. Um, and they mentioned they may even, it might even make sense to update their website at this point to match with Hulu. So. Huh, okay. Mm -hmm. Well, so we're not doing anything wrong. We're not doing anything wrong. We're following Hulu. Um, But I was so immensely grateful. I think as we're getting this web, I mean, getting this podcast kind of up and running, we've had some kind of cool interactions with people as we're letting them know uh, that we're starting a podcast about this. And I was just so excited to get a response back from this person because it is clear that this website has existed for a long time, Um, more than 20 years. It's been it's been a long time in place. It's clear it's run by a really big Designing Women fan. So I was very excited, first of all, that they responded. Um, and second of all, it was exciting to get some clarity to this question that you and I were both just sort of noodling on our own. Right. No, that's really good. And I'm, I'm glad that you were able to hear back from someone. And it's probably worth, you know, folks who are listening, if you wanted to go take a look. I mean, there's lots of interesting tidbits on there. All um, kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, and it's quite the repository. So then third order of business before we launch into this week's episode officially is a mea culpa on my behalf, my second in a row. I've been mispronouncing Charlene's name. It's natural for me to call her Charlene. Selena and I had a conversation very early on where Selena said, how do you pronounce it? Sort of this very polite, like, I don't know. Now that I'm looking back on it, I realized you might have been telling me I was pronouncing it wrong. And so... <laughs> Well, me too, though, because, you know, because we get to we get the joy of listening to each one of our episodes once or twice, <laughs> three, four, 17 times. Many, and many I times. noticed. Yeah. And I had to go check myself and I just went and pulled like, I think, a YouTube clip or something and um, listened to the way they pronounced it. And I was like, uh oh, <laughs> but I'm just wondering now, maybe I was mispronouncing it the whole time. I don't know. So I don't know. It's both of us. I'm, ta- I'm making a note to myself. Charlene. 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 So yeah. sorry about that. Yeah. I'll do better. Sorry. It, ha- it happens. We're, we're, we're learning. We're learning lots of things. We're learning so many things. Souped it up. And on that note, Selena, what did we learn in episode five? What does Hulu tell us about the episode description? Uh, it tells us that... Um, Concerned that Mary Jo is not having any fun since her divorce, Suzanne arranges a blind date for her with an old acquaintance while Julia tries to get through an IRS audit with a man she verbally abused when he tried to pick up the women. As you say, Selena, what could go wrong? (laughs) What could go wrong? (laughs) Mayhem. Mad cat mayhem ensues. Yeah, and I well, I guess if this out of epi- out of order episode, it'd be I'd be curious to know if this one happened closer to the first episode because I I I don't know. Were you already picking up that the verbal assault was on Radon? Well, I did because I watched the episode, but you're always but criticizing we- Hulu for 
destroying things for us in advance. No, well, that's, we, but did you read the description before you watched the episode? You may have not. It's, I knew from a, another spoiler. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, so yeah, I think I was just curious, like maybe it happened like the next episode. Or right. Something that's like a good that point. In the original run, but who really knows? The world may <laughs> never know. We don't really know. And that's okay. Um, so because I'm just so wonderful at, you know, moving on to another topic. I, I'm just going to go ahead and, and do it as, as quickly as I can. I'd like to rip this off like a Band-Aid because we had more sad news that's occurred between when we started this podcast and um, when we actually watched this episode and now that we're reviewing it. So just want to share with everyone that we are introduced to uh, the actor who plays J.D. Shackelford. Um, his name is Richard Gilliland. He passed away, um, and, you know, within this last month, he was 71, and he was also the real-life husband of Gene Smart. They met on set, and they married in 1987, and the media reported that he passed after a brief illness. So just want to go ahead and say something right up front, because not only is he a, he winds up being like a regular cast mm -hmm. or a member of the cast but he's also super connected to the show mm -hmm. because he was Gene Smart's husband so just sad all around and and I guess in this world for whatever reason if this is ever to hit Gene Smart's ears just to know that um, from from our show to you condolences um, on the highest order because that's we're talking about a show but this is real life right it's a real person so, a real, real person. person. So the show opens up with all four designing women and they're together and they're doing inventory. An exciting beginning to any show. <laughs> and they seem equally excited about it. So, Well, in this whole episode at the very beginning, I almost thought I was watching the last episode. Oh. Because it starts off very similarly. There's like a hot beverage conversation. Oh, you mean the, the, the previous beginning. episode? I thought yeah. you meant the last episode of the show. And I was like, have you spoiled uh, oh. that already? Oh, and they're doing inventory. <laughs> I thought maybe they were like cleaning out the Sugar Baker residence or something. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, and so I ended the show and we're done now. Um, <laughs> but yes, so previous episode, us. same entrance. Yes. Yeah. And so I, I, you know, because Hulu sometimes is a finicky soul. Mm -hmm. It, sometimes it does what it wants to do. And I was like, I started the same episode again. It doesn't matter. It's here nor there. Uh, I think we get a lot in the show description, right? right. I mean, it, basically Suzanne goes on and on. She's worried about Mary Jo. She hasn't, she isn't having any fun. She isn't dating enough. Um, and the whole thing devolves into this discussion about a Newsweek article about women, marriage, and age. Mm -hmm. So, I'm just going to go ahead and say for everyone that Nikki and I have had a little bit of a side conversation about this Newsweek article. Not a lot. We didn't share our feelings, mm -hmm. but we both, it both struck a chord with us. Is that fair to say? Yes. And we've decided to make it our extra sugar. So if you want to hear more about that, we'll talk about it at the end. Uh, but there is a line here that I wanted to say to you that I thought was really funny. Not just to you. <laughs> Anybody else who's listening. Just to you, everybody else. Earmuffs. Turn it. Yeah, earmuffs. Um, but the biggest stat, which is that women are over 40, 
Julia's age group are more likely to get killed by a terrorist than get married. Mm. So that's that's the stat. And uh, Julia has a really funny line where she says, yes, well, I think the fellow who wrote that has a pretty good chance of being killed by a feminist. <laughs> and so Charlene says, it's not the magazine's fault. He's just stating the facts. <laughs> or they're just stating the facts or whatever. And the bottom line is, nope, they're not just stating the facts. But like I said, we'll get into it in extra sugar. So... I don't know if you had any other thoughts about without doing any Newsweek spoilers here, but no, I don't want to cut you off. I just wanted to say moments before that, before we got to the Newsweek article, um, I appreciated that um, when they were doing inventory, Suzanne was dressed to the nines and everybody else was in business cash and Mary Jo called them grubbies, (laughs) a term I appreciated. Do you say grubbies? No. I almost had this in my notes, and I even tried to look up. I was like, is that, like, Southern? Oh. Because it's not Southern to me. No, no. I, I call I call that just my pandemic wardrobe. <laughs> I don't know. What they described is what I wear every day. Right. What I wear every single day. Uh, if I wear a sweatshirt to a meeting on Zoom, it means I dress up for you. I covered um, up my dirty tank top. Yeah, and the hole is in the back of the sweatshirt. You're welcome. I dressed up. Uh, So just a reminder that the 80s were different. It's just a different time. And I just want to make sure I understand you. So the fact that they're basically still dressed up. But she's like, oh, we're in our worst Yes. Yes. Like they weren't in sweatpants or anything. I mean, they weren't in like, I I don't know. Anyway, I just love the word grubbies. And that's what I'm going to call them from now on. They're my grubbies. There was no athlete. No. Then. So, yeah, that's a I think athleisure is just a term we invented to make ourselves feel better, better as millennials. It's also an American thing. I think. Oh, is it really? I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. So I, I don't know if this happened for you when you went to Europe, but I feel like you knew we were the Americans because we were all in leggings and a long top. I, see, I don't wear leggings when I'm not working out. Uh, I'm like a jeans uh, person. I can't believe you don't know this about me. I do, yeah, I don't have, I've never ascribed to this like love of leggings that everybody else has. Oh, yeah, they don't make jeans for my body type. Mm. So not really. So it's just really, I mean, occasionally I'll find a really good pair of jeans, but I'd say it happens once every five years, whether I need it to or not. <laughs> and so most of the time, I just want something with a lot of stretch. I get it. I get it. Also, post Reese's yeah. Pieces Cupcake. Well, yes. So I, I didn't pour soap on him on top of the track. <laughs> so anyway, that was the other thing before the Newsweek article. Moving right along. <laughs> that was the only thing before the Newsweek article that I enjoyed. I mean, I enjoyed the whole thing, okay. but I love the term grubbies. Uh, fair enough. So and then the scene ends with Suzanne dedicating herself to finding Mary Jo a man, whether she wants her to or not. So... I, and that's, and I think we get a lot of that in the show so far. Like, you know, I think that's just part of people's personalities, right? A stronger personality. They just, they don't always, they don't always hear, <laughs> if you will. Yeah, Mary Jo seems perfectly happy in her life. I think, well, and I think that's something that sort of hit me is this idea of you're, and I think Julia was also talking about it too, or maybe it was Charlene, I don't remember, but just this idea of like, well, maybe she finds this fun. right. Right. You know, and why can't we just let people be who they are? Yeah, like her face almost lit up a little bit when she talked about making dinner for her kids and helping them with homework and 
that was her idea of an exciting night. And I can identify with that as an introvert. That sounds glorious. I, I think we're sort of coming around to the idea on this podcast that like just letting people who, be who they are to some extent, as long as it's not hurting other people and just letting people do what they want to do is okay. Just be you, man. And then mind your yeah. own business. Yeah. And we're uh, done. But she, but, <laughs> right, yeah. End podcast. Just kidding. Y'all know by now that we can't show. <laughs> so, so we, so we get like a little bit of a break. Basically, we, I'm sure we got three Tide commercials because this is a woman's show <laughs> and they needed to know in the 80s how to clean clothes. We still need to know today, apparently. Gotta get them grass stains out. Um, so, but we come back and we're, we're sort of in the same, we're, or we're still in the design firm, but obviously some time has passed, right? And um, there's all, there's a little bit of conversation and basically Suzanne, the big takeaway here is she's found the perfect someone. She's found her a man. Yes. And he is J.D. Shackelford. And he's a scout talent for the Braves. I really think she said scout talent because I tried to write it down exactly. I oh. call it a talent scout. Yeah, or a talent scout. Right. Oh, so interesting. I, I didn't admit, catch that. Well, and I wonder. So I'm guessing Suzanne doesn't of, know a ton about baseball. <laughs> bingo. Or one of 17 things could have happened, including I wrote it down wrong. And I am currently <laughs> looking back through my notes and realizing that I transposed it. Whatever. I like to think that I was, uh, you know, learning a little bit more about Suzanne's character. Yeah. She's not much of a sports fan. Uh, but she is a fan of going to being sweet. And being married so. to a first baseman. Oh, yep. Absolutely. Good call. That was her second. Not baseman. a fan of sports, but a big fan of athletes. Yep. Well, that's what I will. You know, do what you do. And be <laughs> it's worked for her. Absolutely. Uh, and so, but this guy, he's single mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. He's recently divorced. And Suzanne's known him forever. And I get, so she ran into him while helping Trammel Jennings, Trammel Jennings, <laughs> um, with reupholstering some chairs in his box seats at Atlanta Stadium. Now, I know we have like a whole section at the end dedicated to where we talk about Southern and 80 things, but 80s things, but it just strikes me that they have the funniest names sometimes uh, oh, the that characters? I like to listen for. Yeah, these people we don't even necessarily ever see. Right. But like, Trammel? Have you ever met a Trammel? I, long story short, I knew someone with the last name Trammel, but no. Well, that's closer than my hand. <laughs> no. But it sounds like a rich, made-up Southern name. And the only Jennings I've ever heard of is that, was it Bill Jennings from Jeopardy? The longest winning Jeopardy player? Yeah, I knew, an, I knew a Jennings growing up. Oh, well, that's um, fine. So, so, but if you put those two together, <laughs> we knew a Trammel Jennings. So there you go. Um, I think the other thing, I don't know if you noticed this uh, either, besides us getting introduced to this character that we'll meet later on, JD, but uh, Charlene cuts off Suzanne's whole story. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so she's quickly becoming one of my favorite characters. Well, sure. She's so cute. Yeah, she's awesome. And she basically tells, and she calls them her a story about her parents' unsophisticated friends. <laughs> I felt like we were getting a little call back to the previous episode where we talked a little bit about some Southern tropes mm -hmm. 
um, uh, and one of them being a mm-hmm. hick. And 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 but you know here I think we get a story. This is like a more appropriate way to handle it. There's no name calling. She just says they're unsophisticated, which by the way is not a crime. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and it's a funny story where basically they go into a restaurant, they see quiche on the menu, and they think it's pronounced quickie. <laughs> so they ordered up a quickie. God bless them. <laughs> wrong restaurant. Wrong, I'm sure you can get that at some restaurant somewhere. Uh, but the, the end of this scene basically is that Mary Jo says, no thanks. And that's it. it? But I do have, I have one quick observation. Okay. Did you pay attention to Mary Jo's dr- Put this pointer finger away. <laughs> did you pay attention to let me get out the Bill Clinton? Um, did you? That'll be perfect for people listening to this. But I, there's a lot of hand gestures sure. going on. <laughs> Some angrier than others. <laughs> Where I talk with my hands a lot. Nikki gets to see it. You all don't. <laughs> and I'm like pointing in her face and not meaning to. I'm just waiting for her. If we were in person, I'd just wait for you to just knock that finger out of the way. But basically, I was just wondering if you saw Mary Jo's dress because we're sort of dancing around this, not even dancing, we're blatantly talking about like this concept of an old maid. Oh, yeah. Okay. And she is wearing a doily around her neck in this dress. Wait, is it the same one that she was wearing for the date? She is some, you know, are these called like... Is it like a sailor collar or something where it's like a flap? Well, it's a, I think it depends. So in her date scene, I had written down uh, similar where it looks like a doily. I called it a Peter Pan collar, which I feel like isn't quite yes. right. But someone can tell us. I, it, someone will it is a very it, large and, collar shaped like a doily. <laughs> yes. But in this one, it was like lacy, like a yes. doily. Like the doilies that my grandmother like has many of that one might trade their daughter for back in the day. Like, here's all, here's all her doilies. <laughs> she comes with a trunk full of these Wait, doilies. So is her dowry a doily trove? And mules, yeah. Doilies, a mule, and like some candles. <laughs> She's a real treasure. I'll marry her. A treasure, yeah, so. I don't know, but I just needed to share yes. that with you to see if you noticed. I, you know, I th- I'm sure I did. It struck me much more in the date scene because it feels more prescient in the date scene. But there's a lot of wardrobe stuff happening. Well, I guess we can go ahead and just move along then to get to that date scene. So we arrive at the date scene and it kicks off with three of the designing women sitting in Mary Jo's house. So we've got Charlene doing Mary Jo's makeup. Mary Jo freaking out because she's about to go on a date and Suzanne just bubbling with excitement over the fact that she has made this match in heaven. Yes, she's very thrilled with herself, uh, as Suzanne often is. Yes, right. She she seems very self-satisfied. So one subplot that's going on throughout the episode that I think this is the first time they've addressed is that Sugar Bakers is being audited by the IRS. Um, And the reason it comes up in this scene is because as the other ladies are sitting around, um, Julia comes in and mentions that she's been waiting for this IRS man. And uh, so there's this like she was bringing a shawl for Mary Jo. Yeah, we could just stop there. (laughs) Like because we're already talking about the clothes. Can we just fold that in real quickly? Like it I mean, we're just building this narrative of like so she's going to be in Pollyanna's dress 
kind of, except Pollyanna's dress was like maybe hotter. <laughs> and then we're going to throw a shawl around it. We it don't know what the weather a, was like. It comes with a blanket. <laughs> I was going to say that. That collar. <laughs> just cuddle up in it. Tuck your arms up in there. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to the after the date scene, but maybe I'm coming around to JD's side. I don't know. Maybe he does need her to step out of like 18 layers of clothes. Whatever. I don't want to get I don't want to get ahead of myself. The other thing I was going to say on the IRS thing is are we finally picking up from an episode 1 plot? Because there's money troubles mentioned there. Right. I, I just say if you're having money troubles, an audit coming next seems natural. Man, you are on it. You were you were paying attention to I opened this entire episode with the fact that these episodes aired out of order and that you know, that a normal person would think, ooh, which episodes fit together and which don't. And my mind hasn't gone there one time. How many times do I have to say this? It takes two. That's true. <laughs> You've been emailing with Designing Women's Biggest Fans, and I am like closely watching episodes while you raise children. <laughs> like, you know, eating, I'm eating Reese's Pieces. And <laughs> Your life sounds great, Selena. Does I, it? I want to switch places for a minute. It's a very enviable. Um, so... Throwing them in the trash can and putting soap on top. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to let you breeze right past that quirk that you got, but no, why? No, it's, why? it's fine. I'm free to be me. That's true. This is true. So, so, yes, you're right. There may be some money troubles. And um, there was a really funny, again, Charlene, man, she's killing me. She mentions that um, Julia is a little bit unpleasant if we haven't picked that up yet, to strangers. And oh, Julia's yeah. a little taken aback by this. Like, what do you mean? I'm I'm perfectly lovely. And she's like, you don't call money whoring, cash sucking, cretin, unpleasant, or something like that. Because apparently that's what Julia has called these people. She's just breaking the ice. She's breaking the, her icebreakers are very different than ours for each episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I, you know, it's so funny. Let me tell you, let me tell you, we're flowing. We are really, I did not write down any of that line because I thought you might. Because <laughs> I like I don't the know funny why. lines. I do I love a good that, funny line. I thought that might resonate with you. You know, I was like, I'm going to leave that one. I'm going to leave that one for Nikki. Because you do. You like the comedy. And I'm like, um, feminist ideals in this scene are ridiculous. <laughs> but I did really like where Suzanne was baffled by Mary Jo's comment because she tells her to put Vaseline on her front teeth. No. And Mary Jo goes, yeah, Suzanne, when I don't feel like smiling, I just don't smile. I just don't. <laughs> and Suzanne goes, huh, interesting concept. It's never occurred to her. Right. And I just really enjoyed that line. So we've got Vaseline, <laughs> shawls. I don't know what kind of date this is going to be. Well, and then there's also a quarter involved. There's because as she's anxiously getting ready for this date, Julia says, here's a quarter. Mother always used to give me and Suzanne a dime to call home in case anybody got too fresh. And I really loved this part. She said, um, I don't think Suzanne ever used hers. She eventually used the money to go to Europe. <laughs> I just love that. I, some people great. could perceive that as slut shaming. I don't see it that way when it's coming from a sister. <laughs> Ah, it doesn't count when it's coming from your sister. sister loophole. Well, <laughs> since I'm an only child, 
then I will defer to uh, your expertise on that. I did think it was funny. Look, sometimes we just got to let a thing go and laugh. We don't have to go. I don't have to go pull my women in the media books down for every single line. So we'll let you have that one. I think I think that's true. Actually, I think a couple of things that ran through my head were here's a quarter call someone who cares and i don't know if it's because we're doing a southern podcast i don't know what's going on is that travis tritt i can't even necessarily remember you're, you're your shaking on that your one. head you're sh- <laughs> she someone out there knows exactly what i'm talking about send um, us an email also my grandma one time looked at me i think i was 19 i was about to leave their house i had stopped by to visit and she said something like do you have any mad money on you and i said oh i said what am i angry about oh because i had no idea what that was and she had to explain it to me and it's just it's the same idea it's just basically if you get in a rough situation with someone that you need to be able to get away from it. Which, by the way, that means that that kind of culture was so embedded in that they're telling women, like, here, you need some money on you in case your date gets too fresh, yeah, too man. touchy, too grabby, too feely, too whatever. That's the more kind things of change, scary. the more they stay the same. Yeah, but it, like then it was just so, because today I feel like it's like, hey, don't do that, jerk face. And then it was like, be prepared <laughs> because it's going to happen and we just know it is and like here's some cash for it well and the worst part is so i don't want to jump too far ahead in the scene so i will just say then the next thing that happens all the women leave they all yeah. decide to give her a little privacy which is nice except some jerk who left last didn't close the door all the way what are you raised in a barn is man um, i'm i'm like the air conditioning's getting out somebody can close the door <laughs> we're just gonna have yes. mosquitoes flying around in here it's weird. This is just our, our plan. They're setting us up and that's fine. Blah, 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 blah. Because then Mary Jo decides to psych herself up. She's having a little psych session. She's just <laughs> jazzing herself up. She's got a song going. She's got a booty shake going. She is she is into it. What she, she really wasn't is. prepared for, because I she's not aware enough to realize her door is open. Yeah. Um, and JD just walks right in. And she is... She's embarrassed. She, I would be embarrassed too, because she is a whole lot of woman. <laughs> and I'm, I like there are just a couple of scenes in history where I am like, I think it's because maybe I'm like, oh my gosh, this is me, and <laughs> this is some crap I would do that I would never want to be caught doing. And I mean, I don't feel like that would be my song. <laughs> I like to think I'd update it a little bit, but. The other one that really, like, scene that I think of that every time I watch it, like, I avert my eyes. I'm like, why am I watching this? Is in Dirty Dancing. Jennifer Grey is like, there's a scene where she's with one of the kids who works, like, with the people who go to the actual, I don't want to call it camp, but like, Uh whatever it was, like, I don't know, I... It's like a summer vacation resort. Right. And so it's like the people who do like the the bingo nights. Right. All these other dumb events. I mean, wonderful, fun events that they do. (laughs) Um, And he's out there. So this guy's out there walking with her. She's trying to be kind of cute and flirty. And she has some really dumb line about how she'll how she's holding watermelons or something. And she's like. And I, she just says it really weird. And like every time I see that scene, I just cringe up. And I did that here with the Mary Jo scene. Really? Just, yeah, it felt similar to me. But 
I don't know if this was for you, but I love the way that JD looked at her when she was doing it. Like when she was singing. Oh. Like he just seemed like enamored by her. Oh, I, you he know what? A little dance. That's very, that's cute. I should have paid attention because actually I was so focused on her because I wasn't, I do get very, um, cringy about shows like I do hit points where I'm like oh I have to pause this or something. I can't watch this anymore and I didn't in this scene because it felt like she was just she's feeling herself she was trying to get into it and so I wasn't super embarrassed um, but I was not paying attention to his face because I wanted to see her reaction to being caught right but maybe that's a glimpse uh, of who he actually is maybe it is because I think um, if we can just moving forward like they you know we get a transition. They've obviously had their date, and they're back at Mary Jo's. Um, and this is where it just gets, I don't know. She's having herself a little bit of a Me Too moment. Something like. something was happening. So I, I would describe JD uh, in this scene and in kind of the exposition of this, of this date uh, as a little toolish, if you will. It comes out, yeah. he drives a DeLorean with gullwing doors. Um, he talks about the wine at dinner, breathing, um, which uh-huh. people are into, but uh, I think they're setting, again, a narrative. Uh, and then he asks Mary Jo to take her clothes off in like a within, really weird way. With sec- within seconds. Yeah. It's like, ooh, the wine didn't breathe. Take your clothes off. Let me touch you. It's just like the game was not strong. I'm no. not even saying he couldn't have like, you know, made some, made some, make some moves. That's fine. You know, you're on a date, whatever. But like, as long as you're open to that person saying no I think that's totally fine well but it was just the game was weak he went as fast as his DeLorean apparently goes he went from zero to 60 in no time he was like wine didn't breathe it was pretty good can you take your shirt off and it was all just a little uncomfortable and then he's like on her he just kind of attacks her he's kissing Mm -hmm. her deeply Mm -hmm. she's Mm -hmm. clearly not into it and kind of pushes him away yeah and she jumps up and you know, and then and she tells him how she feels. She's really honest with him. Vulnerable. I was so proud of her. Yeah, she's very vulnerable, right? Because she's like, I, I'm just not here yet. Like, this is, I, I like you, but I'm not ready. And he says, okay. And he taps her on the shoulder like a dude, you know, like the old. Okay, bro. Bye. Yeah, right. And he just dips right out. Left. And she kind of, I don't want to read too much into it, which we're very guilty of doing on our podcast, but she kind of looked like she did something wrong. The way I was reading her face was like, oh, I just ruined this. Well, we're reading this show. Yeah. <laughs> That's our job to read right. into it. And I felt the same. Yeah. And I, th- but we get glimpse of, glimpses of that in the next scene, which we'll talk about. But um, definitely she lays her head down on the couch. She's obviously very upset. Uh, I think it takes... I mean, I don't, uh, she was married to Ted for, what, 12 years or something? And then they probably dated before that. So it's been a really long time since she's, you know, gone on a date or done anything like this. And I'm sure it was, like, very flattening for her. Yeah, Um, it was sad. It was. And that's just sort of how we end the scene. So after poor Mary Jo's date ends abruptly... We open back up at the Sugar Baker residence. Um, the women are kind of talking about Mary Jo's date. Um, and is there anything you want to say about their conversation about the date before? I mean, it just was kind of like. He, uh, well, just 
you know, I thought it was interesting what Mary Jo said because she basically said, you know, he he was up for several hours of kissing, and I was like, I don't think he. <laughs> I was like, what what a what a sweet interpretation of that. What, because, what a wholesome view of him asking you to take your shirt off. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure he just asked you to take his clothes off, and you can put his hands here, and I'm making a motion to Nikki and I've now sexually harassed her. So I apologize. And like, you know, obviously, you know, he was ready to take his clothes off. I mean, you know, he was wanting to get some guys. So there was more than kissing. And I just thought that was like a really interesting way that she took away that date. Um, and I'm glad you wrote that down because my notes uh, started with the auditor showing up because I'm very excited about that subplot. Oh, <laughs> but I sort of like, yeah, her date sucked. Oh, well. Well, so it's, I don't know. My notes start out that way, too. <laughs> if we're, we're going to compare our notes for everyone. <laughs> we're just a crack team. Yeah. Everyone's like, uh, maybe you guys should compare notes a little bit more in the beginning. <laughs> it's all part of the fun. That's half the fun. <laughs> Where are we going to start? So we can go back to the date discussion. I, I don't, I was just going to say that that was just interesting to me that that was her takeaway from that. But um, if we're going to talk about the IRS auditor, let's do it. Cause that to me. In what world does it sound more exciting to talk about an IRS auditor than a date? Except this one. Atlanta. <laughs> this was just major <laughs> drama here. And it was. It was Charlene's time to shine because she was glorious in the scene. She was so great. And and this is a B plot that is worth it. No more frat boys. <laughs> well, we have, we have clearly moved on beyond the frat boys and we are back to Ray Dawn because Charlene answers the door and she immediately realizes she knows this man. And how could you forget? How does anyone forget? I mean, he's in different clothing, right? He's not in his street clothes. Is he? Street I don't clothes. remember. Oh, I remember. Because <laughs> okay. he was basically in a track suit. Do I, so IRS men do change clothes. <laughs> they don't sleep in suits. Well, I don't know, because this is just a character. Um, if you're an IRS man, write us a note. We want to know. Yes. Drop us a line. Let us Sweet know. TV pod at Gmail. Do you wear a gold chain in your thick chest hair? <laughs> And your days off and stalk women at, okay, now it's just rude. Got overly specific. Yeah, and, and obviously there are IRS auditors are just human beings. But he, Don't come after but us. But he is like, what, he's in a tracksuit in that first episode. And like, again, nothing wrong with that, but he did sort of look like a soprano extra. But more importantly than his appearance, and I was literally telling my husband yesterday, I'm a face remember. Uh, uh -huh. I'm very bad with names, but I can place a face that I met 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. More importantly, though, than his face, whether you recognize it or not, is his name, Radon. Radon, yeah, not a lot of those. And unlike Julia made a bit, as Charlene goes into in a minute, she made a big deal about Radon. I was thinking we needed to take Julia to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> because she has no idea who this is. Zero clue. Also, the weirdest, I did not think what she said was very on brand because they have like some introductory pleasantries. Oh. She sits down. Do you want tea? No, we don't drink on the job. No coffee, which I was like, well, she didn't ask if you wanted a whiskey. But anyways, like, but that's cool. You know, no drinking. Maybe it's because like you, you, there's no time to waste when there's taxes. No time to go to the bathroom. Yeah, you got to get them taxes. But sure. the, but then she goes or would you 
would you like to have sex with anyone here? And I was like, I mean, maybe she's just nervous. I think we learned from the previous scene at um, Mary Jo's house, Julia's not so great with the icebreakers. So her thing is, you say something so outlandishly crazy that it breaks the ice or whatever. However, she said that money-sucking Cretan thing. So maybe this is just her uncomfortable... And I'm, I'm awkward, so I can read awkward. Maybe she's just awkward at small talk. So yelling at them and calling them horrible doesn't work. So she went guardrail to guardrail and she's offering <laughs> up sex. And not just hers. Just is there any of Anyone these there? ladies around here that maybe you would like to take and we'll just sweep this little audit under the rug. Whatever. He liked what's it. What's worse? I was going to say, what's worse than that is his totally unsurprised reaction to it. No, I don't drink tea on the job, but I do take sex from strangers. That's that's appropriate. So I don't know. It's just kind of a weird interaction. But you can see Charlene. She's like trying to let her know. She's losing and it. She's like, ooh, ooh, and she pulls her into the other room. Suzanne follows because it's a sitcom. We have to do the sitcommy things, you know. Well, sure. Um, but we get. I want to give this part to you, Nikki, because <sighs> it made me so happy. Charlene does the most amazing Julia impression. Yep. She just is so on. Every now and then, you hear her own accent come through, but she does the. Um, so thank you, Ray Dawn. She does it so amazingly. It sounds just like Julia. It's pretty wonderful. Uh, and But here's my thing. So Julia has no memory of it. Meanwhile, Charlene <laughs> remembers exactly what she said and gives it back to her verbatim. <laughs> and I'm sitting over here like, I mean, I know it's a sitcom. I know, I know. It doesn't have to be realistic. It just has to be funny. So it hits the notes for being funny. I'm just going to say, if we're talking about real life, and Julia really doesn't remember that. Even when her words are given back to her, I really want to be like, we need to go to the doctor right now. Well, just counterpoint. What if Julia annihilates people so often that it's hard to remember? I think that's what maybe they're saying. It's hard to remember. I mean, in the time since she met Ray Dawn, she's annihilated her son's girlfriend. Mm -hmm. She's annihilated the lady at the beauty beauty pageant. Mm -hmm. She's had, she's been very busy. She's a very busy woman. Yeah, I think maybe the last episode is the only time she hasn't gone off on someone. Yeah, and we're just a five, so yep, <laughs> we'll see. Um, Anywho, I yeah. thought that was glorious. My favorite part of the episode. Well, and I thought it was really funny because they she you know, she doesn't remember it, but she's like, oh, well, I better watch it. So she goes out there and she's like, <laughs> she's like, that sounds on brand for me. Yeah. I, I believe it. Yeah. She was like, I probably did yell at him. Uh, and, and, and it says that the, if we go back to the description, I think it says it's a verbal assault or something. No, yeah. no. Radon was doing the assaulting and she was calling him out. So yeah. I would just say now that we've gotten to this point, that was my aggravation. I think once it dawned on me that this was Radon. Yeah. Like, excuse me? <laughs> I don't. Yeah. And she, what, she, I mean, she really did let him have it. And she was super into what she was saying, but I would not call it a verbal assault personally. No, I don't think she was offensive or anything. Yeah. So. Not any more so than him. I will tell you that. So she's walking. I'm not a well woman. I'm not a well woman. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, well, once he realizes who you are, he's going to know. Um, but she's like, I have an allergy to all artificial light. So as long as I don't directly look at you. But since she asked him upstairs, I was really nervous that there was going to be this thing. Like he thought that maybe he was going to have a JD moment. 
Like, well, she all taking sex clothes. in the beginning. Yeah, we're all taking our clothes off. We're going upstairs. I want to just feel a little of this and do a little of that. Whatever JD's <laughs> line was, it was so hot. The gribs and grabs. Yeah, such a hot pickup line. Trying <laughs> um, <laughs> to feel around here. So she takes him upstairs. Mm -hmm. She takes him upstairs to her private office. And then we get to go discuss things. And then we get this date discussion, which I apologize. I, oh, did I get it backwards? Sorry. Well, I was just, so that's why I kind of ran all the I way got forward. It. I got it out of order. Um, Sorry, everyone. <laughs> you're just trying to pay homage to the show um, and how they got all of these episodes out of order and to CBS for doing that to Designing Women in the First. <laughs> Uh, I was like, da -de da 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 boring. Can we talk about Charlene's impression for a second? And it was wonderful. So I'm glad that we got to talk about it. Uh, so, but back to the date discussion, as soon as Julia disappears up the stairs with Radon, um, that's sort of what we get. And, and back to what I was saying before with Mary Jo just sort of being like, you know, she wasn't, she wasn't up for it basically. Um, mm -hmm. But she doesn't even, because my story would have been like, this jackass, <laughs> like, Mm -hmm. just turned and left and disappeared on me. Like that would have been my story. And it was a right. whole different framing, all that, whatever he shows up, he shows up He does, and he apologizes. She's a little frosty at first, understandably. She should be. She's like, what do you want from me in the daylight? Exactly. And, and she calls him out for, you know, being whatever he was being. But I thought one thing that was interesting here, though, is after her frostiness, as you put it, she she says that she's fine with what happened. She just thinks they're different. He's a fast lane guy and she's a bumper car woman. Excuse me? Well, that was a weird thing to say, too. A bumper car. I, I guess throwing on the brakes, maybe. But uh, I don't know. I thought maybe she was trying to say she was slow. But, like, why wouldn't you just say you're a fast lane guy and I'm a slow lane girl? Bumper car sounds like she just gets bumped around. Oh. Which maybe that's the truth, too. I, I, don't, I don't know. know. Write Linda. See what she said. Well, Linda didn't write this one. Oh. This one was written by Cheryl Gard because we had a conversation in one of our recent episodes about Linda and, like, how she writes things. Right. And then it got me thinking, is she really writing all of these episodes? Because I don't want to put something on her that's not her. Oh, well, so this one wasn't written by her. And I th and I, I apologize. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I thought We have so many Southern things to apologize for. Yes. <laughs> southern apologies. Yes. Um, the Southern apology. Hashtag Southern apology. Um, <laughs> I... I thought I had read that she wrote the first, like, an unthinkable amount of episodes. So that was flawed research on my part. Maybe she did, and they were just aired all out of order. Oh, well, maybe. It all comes full circle. Full circle. And full circle, he admits. <laughs> <laughs> he was playing as a player. He was trying to be something he wasn't. And maybe that's why it was the worst come on of all time. Um, it was awkward because that's not him. And he may have gotten scared and just ran out when it didn't yeah. work. Um, yeah. I, I, and I, I'm like softening through this episode because I have to tell you, like talking about it, because just watching it on my own and not talking to anyone, I was like, mm. I was just so, I will tell you, I, again, we've talked at length before about how I don't remember plot lines and you know I haven't seen much of this show that I remember but I do remember JD being an important part of the show either from memory or from research on the show and so I, this person that I was seeing on screen in that kind of scene in her house just did not play with what I thought would stick around for some long period of time so something was registering and going off in my head like not feeling right uh so then it came kind of around to me when he said, you know, he was being who he's not. He has three kids. 
He drives a station wagon, not a DeLorean. He borrowed it from a friend. Yeah. Um, and I guess there's a little joke about Suzanne. Himself. Yes, he redeemed himself. Um, but Suzanne not being able to really, she would just think they were small people, not children. Even if she had seen <laughs> Cause she, she says, you have kids? And he says, yeah, I have three of them. And she goes, Suzanne never said anything. And he goes, yeah, Suzanne's not real big on kids. Right. She just thinks of them as small people. Right. Uh, but they have a little, you know, a little commiseration over how tough divorce is. I don't know if you heard it, um, but when she says, isn't being divorced hard, there was some applause in the audience. Oh. I don't know if you heard that, but someone, at least one person applauded. And so I felt like that really resonated with someone. Well, you know what? It is hard. Um, I have, now I'm like. <laughs> I imagine. I can, I don't know, I'm not divorced. Well, <laughs> that's right. I'm not divorced. <laughs> but I've seen a lot of people go through it and it is hard as hell. Yeah. And it's really so, hard to navigate. Yeah. And so I think that really just someone feeling the need to applause in the audience that day when they were filming, I think that just goes to show it's a real thing. And people act out of character and they do things that are strange for themselves. And for all of my like, I would have totally thrown on the brakes with this person. Um, I'm glad that they wrote a character like and wrote Mary Jo as being the kind of person who can understand and be forgiving. Um, yeah, because I think she really softened. Yeah. And I think she's going to get a good partner out of it is basically, you know, they're going to try again. They're going to grab a movie. most go ahead. most immediately. Mm-hmm. She got a Braves hat. She did. She got a Braves hat. Uh, and she was very cute in it. And she, she's, she's very cute in it. They had a little flirty exchange. They're going to grab a movie. They're going to get some pizza. And Suzanne is two for two. Mm. Because at this point we do get a Mason mention in this episode from Charlene. She's Good she's point. she's not alone right now. She has somebody. She has Mason, um, who we met in episode. Oh, I do this every time, Nikki. Three in the dinner party episode. She, yep. Yes, three. Um, and just think, we're only on five. When we get to one sixty one, <laughs> I'm not even going to remember my name. <laughs> So that's out of 163 for the person that's going to be like, there's 163 episodes. Um, so, and and that uh, Suzanne and Charlene are listening in. They come around the corner. It's so cute. It's so sweet. Everybody's happy. Yay, yay, yay. And then we get back to Radon and Julia. And the whole audit thing is uh, gets brought up. He's going to drop it. They're coming down the stairs. Well, Julia comes down the stairs in her very elaborate getup. Thank you. Thank you for mentioning that. I did love that. She's wearing huge sunglasses of the kind that wrap. the kind that my mother would be proud of. She's got a kerchief around her head. Um, and and we think that he's going to get out the door, but she's closing the door and says, and I want to thank you, Ray Dawn. <laughs> and then he was like, that's who you are. Because this whole time we've been getting this thing about, I know you, don't I? Don't you know each other? It just takes that one line. And the, But why she said it again? Again, it's for, it's for the comedy, and I get it. But it was just kind of funny that she said that. And that's how we close the episode. Except while they're running credits, you get to see Mary Jo and JD having their date. You do. And where they have pizza and dancing. And it's sweet. And romance. Yeah. And see, if he had started off that way, he would have already been able to do a little of this and a little of that. So Just go slow, let boys. that be a lesson for you. <laughs> boys. Just take your time. Boys or girls or men or women or they or them. <laughs> any person, any human being, animal, creature. 
take your time. Find the pace. <laughs> Find the pace that works for you. We're trying to be inclusive. So as I sometimes say, every time now, let's rate this sucker. <laughs> do you want to start us off with a rating or do you want me to just jump in with mine? I can start us off. Okay. Lay it on me. I give it four DeLorean goal wings. Ooh. I feel like it just was hitting the marks. 80s, Southern-wise, humor, Charlene's. I just thought it it was great. There were a lot of Atlanta references. Charlene. Charlene, doggone it. (laughs) Doggone it. I said I was going to fix it. Well, since we talked about it at the beginning of the episode, I'm going to go ahead. Thanks, Selena. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Charlene was killing it. So that's where I am. I thought it was great. I love this episode. Yeah, I gave it a three and a half out of five fear-mongering Newsweek articles. <laughs> Hard to say why. No reason. Uh, same, top of my list was Charlene's impression of Julia. Um, so great. And even though it felt like an old school sitcom trope, I loved watching her come down the stairs in those sunglasses and that. God, that was, was so funny. So ridiculous, but I loved it. The reappearance of Ray Dawn, it was a good callback. We got callbacks Excellent. to the money problems. Like It finally feels like it's not just these piecemeal individual shows that have nothing to do with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like you said, we get a ton of Atlanta references, which we'll talk about here in a second. And then um, they're not super deep cuts, but they're stuff. And, um, and more than we've gotten lately. And then mm-hmm. I wasn't here for JD's character in the beginning. I think that's why I knocked off a little, like a, probably about a point and then half, because I'm just not ready to go to five. Yet and um, and see, I'm a typical American. I remember yeah. the most recent thing that happened to me. So I only remember him at the end of the episode. And I'm like, he's a charmer. He came around. He apologized. That's, so he's wonderful in my mind. Well, and I and and this and talking through it has really brought me around on him. But I'm still keeping it at three and a half. <laughs> I didn't change your mind. I'm not. Well, I just I don't want to go back on what I said in terms of the rating. But I will say, JD, I'm here for you. Let's see what you got. Uh, And then let's talk about, you want to talk about 80s things or Southern things first? I think we've talked at length about my one 80s thing. Well, I had two 80s things and I've already mentioned the DeLorean like multiple times because I'm obsessed with DeLoreans. Just Mm -hmm. this whole concept of this car of the future that never really was. Uh, And Mary Jo's outfits. They were, they were a scene. My list is just as short. Oh, good. <laughs> but I will move through it quickly. Oh, look, you believe me. Oh, you're a liar. Oh, <laughs> oh you're the worst. You tricked me. Well, so Julia at the beginning, she is wearing Gloria Vanderbilt jeans, oh. which is very 80s. I had to go look for the tag. At first, I was I was like, is this? Oh, wow. Look at you. Yeah. I, I, I don't, it was sad. It goes with my Reese's Pieces and not getting out of the bed until 11 o'clock. Do you know Gloria Vanderbilt is Anderson Cooper's mom? I do. And okay. I've watched their documentary on HBO, which was really good. It's like in okay. her words or something in his words. If you haven't seen it, it's, it's really good. That's a very, very interesting relationship. I don't know what you know about. The extent of my knowledge is that he is oh, what you her said. son. And I just really wanted you to know that. Oh, okay, okay. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> I have no more. I'm a very surface level person in case people can't tell. I am a generalist. I know basic information about things. Get out of town. There ain't nothing surface <laughs> about you, kid. So um, so another 80s, because so 
we had a little talk at the beginning. Nikki's the time cop. She's keeping me on my toes. We get the uh, mention of Cher's movie Mask. Um, what? So, yeah, that's uh, she. There's a line about Charlene saying that, yes, things matter to her. She picketed when it didn't win the Academy Award. Oh, okay. So I feel like I have to say that oftentimes I have to watch the show really early in the morning before my kids are up. Mm -hmm. That's like my only time to really do my research for the show. So the volume has to be quite low. and I miss a lot of those lines. So I've actually been guilty of looking up the transcript in the past when I can't understand something. You I should just turn on subtitles. yourself with the transcript because <laughs> you're like, I just don't really have time. So. <laughs> But it's you, very important to me that people know <laughs> we're really trying here, but it has to fit in the midst of other things. So we're humans. Um, I, it's just funny. I think that's totally fine. So, um, so it also it's like, it was a really quick mention, but I wanted yeah. to say that what actually won that year was Amadeus. And do you know anything about the movie mask? I do. Okay. I think I've seen it. Oh, okay. So but yeah. like many years ago. If I did, I was really little. It came out the yeah. year we were born, 1985. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you say it now. <laughs> say it like that. <laughs> Good God. But it is based on a real mother and son. Ah, that sounds right. Yeah. And and he he has um, a condition called craniodiaphyseal dysplasia, which causes calcium to build up on the skull and disfiguring the facial features and reducing life expectancy. He was supposed to not live past the age of seven. He actually goes on to live until he's 16 and it chronicles their relationship. So, um, it feels mean to tell you if you want to talk at length on this, that would be an extra sugar, Selena. Oh, no, 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 no. That's it. (laughs) So that's it. I have a quote. I'm skipping past it. Um, so, because I'm learning, Nikki, I'm learning. Nobody wants to hear. They were just like, shut up, Selena. And you know what? I get it. I'm moving on. The other 80s thing that we get here is the Ed McMahon sweepstakes. Oh yeah. I loved that. So just remember he goes on to host Star Search and this finds talents like Britney Spears. Um, was Justin Timberlake on there too? I know he was on the Disney. Yeah. He was on the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah, and they both were, and then other people, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm cutting myself off from saying the Britney Spears documentary, which aired recently, is also very good. It is very good. Uh, Johnny Carson gets a mention as well. We've already talked about Mary Jo's dresses. Goodness. Um, Have you uh, noticed that they put Julia a lot in the power purples? No. No. Moving right along. We both talked about the DeLorean. Terminate. I'm sorry. I'm going to go back to power purple. I've never heard of power purple. Uh I identify purple with royalty, Mm -hmm. which feels on brand for her. Yes, I like that. Um, She is a little royal in the show. Mm -hmm. And um, so we've. (laughs) Sometimes I just feel like I need to do that to reset myself like a puppy. I just need to shake it off. Um, but we also get a Terminator reference, very yes. 80s. Uh, yes, yes, yes. We get a waterbed reference. Yeah, very man. Very 80s. Very 80s. And then I don't know what you call those sunglasses that Julia was wearing, but they're like partially tinted. Uh, I, oh, yeah, I yeah, called yeah. it an ombre tinted sunglass. I don't, I don't know if it is or not, but that's what it kind of looks like to me. Yeah. But it's very I'm of having the time. A- Yes, I'm having a vague recollection of having seen those recently, and I can't remember if it was on a person or on a show, so it doesn't really matter, except, yes, they were 80s. Well, they come back, like, in cycles. I feel like like maybe we had a moment. 
Yeah. I'm also not super for fashion forward, so I always kind of miss the trends a little bit. But I feel like there was an ombre glasses moment recently. I like a sunglass that covers my entire face to hide my mm. face. It's like a Harry Potter cloak, but for faces <laughs> and their sunglasses. Yep. I just have light colored eyes, so I need the protection. Oh, well, that's true. Uh, Southern things. We get a lot of this. Uh, There's a lot. You have a lot? Well, I mean, a lot is like a subjective term uh, because we haven't had very many Southern references. Like you said, they're not deep cuts. They're nothing that would really uh, someone would have to go look up, but they are things that orient you to where you are. So they mentioned the Chattahoochee River, Mm -hmm. specifically a party barge for Suzanne. Fun fact, I did a toe in the water, a Wikipedia toe in the water, which is the opposite of a Wikipedia deep dive. Mm -hmm. Um, And my very quick toe in the water tells me you can't actually have a party barge on the Chattahoochee River. And the reason I looked this up is because I have spent a fair amount of time this year in pandemic world uh, at different parks around the Chattahoochee River. And it strikes me that it's quite shallow and not terribly wide. So I was thinking there's no way you can do a party barge. And yeah, I don't think they really do. It kind of, again, toe in the water. I could be proven wrong, but it's mostly, just, and I've kayaked down the Chattahoochee River. Same. Called it's mostly kayaks. For the non- well, that's um, tubes. Oh, you did say kayak. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I've done tubing. You can do yes. tubing up in North Georgia, uh, it, it, which is, an, anyway, very shallow. Uh, I've done a kayak too. <laughs> it's a little bit deeper. <laughs> I'm cutting myself off because I've really gone. Anyway. Struck, that, struck me that they said Chattahoochee. Mm-hmm. Also Atlanta Stadium, referring to Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, which was the Brave Stadium mm-hmm. from the like 1965 to 1996. Mm-hmm. And, and then I feel like I had one more. Oh, go, go on. Well, no, because now I can't remember it. Oh, well. All right. Well, I've got a couple of things that I've got. I think I would have as addendums to yours. So okay. we get another rich kind of like douchey name, Brez Duncan. Sorry for any Brezes out there. I don't remember that. That's on the whole party barge barge. Oh. <laughs> barge. <laughs> I'm focused on the logistics of a party barge in the Chattahoochee River. I miss the characters around it. Well, see, that's what, that's what Julia says. To see, not everybody can fall off of Brez Duncan's party barge every week, <laughs> you know, weekend or whatever. And I just thought Bre- Brez. Okay. So yeah, that name that was really something. I actually, at first, I was like, Atlanta Stadium? They're just naming it that because I always knew it as Fulton County Stadium. Yeah. And so I wound up doing like a whole thing looking into it. I, the only thing I wanted to mention really is, did you know that there was a soccer team for five years in Atlanta in the, I know you know there's one now, but in the late 60s and early 70s? I did not know that. So I found that just going through this little like deep dive. I think they were called the Atlanta Chiefs. Not surprising mm. since we have Atlanta Braves. But mm-hmm. I thought your husband might find that interesting. Fascinating. I knew there was a women's soccer team in the late 90s, early 2000s. I didn't know that. Yeah. Look at us. So we're just filling out one each another with knowledge. Half information. <laughs> A little bit of here, a little bit of there. Um, But uh, Nikki's husband is a huge, huge, huge soccer fan. And so... He would appreciate that call out. He is a founding member of the Atlanta United Football Club. Yeah. And then the only other thing I'll mention is... I'm like... (laughs) Cool. (laughs) What's wrong with me? Moving right along. You said you wanted to keep it. I know. It at I'm a the time cop, pace. and I'm like, let's talk more about Brez and his potty potch. 
I could talk all day about party barge. <laughs> I want to say too that I think that was a really good catch because I've never seen a pontoon boat on the Chattahoochee ever, ever, never, ever. I don't think it would fit. I have scraped my butt across the rocks of That's the what I was stupid thinking. Chattahoochee River more times in droughts because you know, yes, either it's raining all summer or we don't see a drop of rain for three years in Georgia. Yes. And I have just, I, I just get stuck on a rock for like two hours and try to go down and you're not shooting the hooch. You'll, you're scraping scootin'. and scarring your legs. Yeah, you're scooting the hooch. I love that. <laughs> scooting the hooch. It's only $25. <laughs> Pay us $25 to hold a tube around your waist and walk through ankle deep water, which has been my experience like five times. Which is like that Garfield and Friends character. It's like the duck and he's got the like rubber thing around them and that's what and you're just like waddling what an down. obscure throwback that i totally know what you're talking about yeah so oh. there you go so we got a lot of southern we got a lot of 80s you're welcome people whether you wanted to talk about it or not maybe you had other things tell us about it would in, love to know in taking with that in the next episode of sweet tea and tv we'll go into episode six of the show Right. I have no idea what it's about. Oh, I do. But it doesn't matter. And then It's called Design House. Design House. This is one of the out of order episodes, yeah. If that mm. if we're just Oh, well if we're to take that as true, I can I only do it one episode at a time, Selena. If we're to take that as true and that's the way it happened, I think this may have originally aired second. Oh, good lord. But it doesn't Oh. It doesn't matter. Oh, 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 you're saying based on that other list that we saw on designingwomenonline.com. Yes, you're right. So, but that doesn't matter. Just a little, not even fun fact. Maybe not even a fact. Maybe not even a tidbit. Maybe not a, maybe not a. Have I mentioned that I haven't had lunch today yet? Oh, no. I'm not even, I'm not hangry. I'm just hungry. Just hungry and loopy. So we're going to cut her off and we're going to say, if you have any other Atlanta-isms, any other Southern-isms that you want to share with us, we're on Instagram at Sweet Tea and TV. Selena, what's our hashtag? Hashtag Sweet Tea TV. Thank you. We're also on Facebook, Sweet Tea and TV. You can email us at sweetteatvpod at gmail.com. And we are online at, I don't know, that seems weird to say. We have a website. <laughs> Everybody's online. We have a website, www.sweetteatv.com. I've spent so much time in the 80s that I'm now forgetting <laughs> that the World Wide Webs is the thing that everybody has. We're on the interwebs. I know. I don't know why I said that. I'm sorry, everyone. You can visit our website, www.sweetteatv.com. Yeah. And that's all I got. We did miss one Southernism. Uh oh, We have it? to say it. It's important. Charlene says, bless their hearts. <gasps> did she really? She did. And I missed it entirely. If you're not from the South, it's a huge thing. And yes. it's, it's interpreted widely. Some people mean it like, oh, they're dumb. I don't. I feel like most of the time, I'm not saying I've never said it like that, but most of the time I literally just mean, oh, poor them. Oh, bless them. Yeah. And so, but we got our first mention. That is such a huge Southern saying. That is really huge. I feel like, Selena, I'm going to up my game and I'm going to start listening with headphones on so that I don't miss any of these good lines. It's it's hard to catch some of them. It really is. Yeah. I also feel like I just put something real, really weird on the audio that might have sounded like a a tooted. And I I didn't. I just scraped my leg across the chair and no one probably heard it. And now I've said tooted. 
I could have just muted the audio there, but thanks for calling it out. And with that... <laughs> Catch us in Selena's Toots next time for season six, for episode six. Just stop it. Just stop it. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>
I I struggle with this a little bit because so I did look into it um, after it was mentioned in the episode and it just strikes me that I've never heard of it. So I feel a little disingenuous saying anything about how this like played into my decision to get married at a young age or affected my decision making because I don't know that this was part of it. I think like getting married young is just has historically been part of the narrative in the South, which they addressed in the last episode, actually, Charlene kind of talking about her, her family. And um, I was going to say Billy Ray Cyrus, not right. Jerry Lee Lewis, <laughs> maybe Billy Ray Cyrus. I don't know. But getting married young, I just feel like it's just normal. Like, I don't know. It's not abnormal for people our age to have parents who got married in their late teens early 20s to ourselves have gotten married that young. So I don't know much about this article and I wouldn't say this really affected my decision making, but it does. I mean, it sounds like there were a lot of people who knew about it. To your point, it was written into a TV show. Yeah, I don't think it definitely. <laughs> yeah. hmm. Have I thrown you for I, a loop? <laughs> well, I was just sitting here As thinking. I tend to do. I was sitting here thinking I never, ever thought about this article when I was like planning my wedding. Right. You know, but there was a quite a big gap between it can affect the landscape, but not necessarily affect your decision, decision making. making. Yeah, I think, I think that's for true. us, it was too late for it to affect our decision making. I think more like if it was 1986 and I was my age right now, about to be 36 years old, that I, I don't know, it would have, again, not affected my decision making. I think I would have been in Julia's camp. Like, how dare you? Mm hmm which is sort of how I feel right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just because, um, again, you know, you and I have talked about this before. Some of it, I think, is my media background coming in. Um, I also took a lot of women's studies classes. Um, and uh, I took, like, women in, in the media, you know, women and the media, <laughs> all of the different uh, forms. And so I think for me, uh, if... I am familiar with the idea of these articles coming along every so often and telling women one of a couple of things. You got to choose between a career or a husband and family. Uh, you're presented with the false choice of ambition or happiness. We're told that men, that men don't marry smart women. And we're filled with these false fears, fears that will become Baron Spencer, spinsters who would get eaten by cats. I mean, this is <laughs> I don't just, like cats. Wouldn't be me. Uh, <laughs> ah. or, or would it when the cats break in? <laughs> oh, um, so <laughs> alley cats. <laughs> alley cats. And so I don't know. For me, I think th those are the kinds of things that I tend to think about when I think about this article. So I sort of know at this age now that this is just something that sort of gets stirred up in the media from time to time. And so I take it with a grain of salt. Completely agreed. And I am so curious if this narrative, if we're just going to have a new narrative spin out of the pandemic, because one of the things that I think is becoming, um, you mentioned you can't, you can't have a career and a family and a husband and treat them all equally. One of the narratives I think that is finally starting to, um, kind of permeate through the media is this idea that, Right. No, you can't have it all, but you also shouldn't have to choose. Like, can't we make it, can't we make the environment work in a way that it's family friendly and understand that 
your life isn't nine to five and then everything after. It all sort of bleeds together. Your kids are in school at the same time that you're working. Your husband is managing his job or your wife or your partner at the same time that you're managing yours. Life doesn't happen on a nine to five. And the pandemic just completely has upended all of that. And so as a mom and as a wife and as a career person and now a podcaster, I'm really gratified to see that people are really admitting that like it's not it's not easy to balance, but it also there are things we can do as a society as and as employers, as bosses, as supervisors to make it easier to balance. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um and I think um I think this is just another Can you hear I'm my pet even, in the background? Yeah, I'm not even going to pretend I didn't hear <laughs> Also Jackson a pet mom. <laughs> <laughs> you can have one. And I think that's exactly what I want to say about this at the end of the day. Like, what it means to have it all is different for different people. Amen. You know? So it kind of reminds me of our pageant episode. Do it. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. They're both fine decisions. Just make sure you're going in with clear eyes and good information. It's kind of the same here. Be married. Be single, have kids, don't have kids, stay at home, go into the office whenever that's allowed again. That doesn't resonate with everyone, but it is true for us. And, you know, but whatever you do, don't let anyone tell you what you can do and can't do, you know. Certainly not Newsweek and some bonk statistics. That's right. And don't let anyone tell you um, you can't have it all or define what that means for you in the first place. You know, you choose your choice. It's your life. It's not theirs anyway. So it's beautifully put, Selena. <laughs> and I almost want to end it there, but I, I do want to share a little bit of a, a personal thing for me. So but there is a lot that goes on in terms of this expectation that being a mother is the best thing that will ever happen to you. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe for some people it is. Mm-hmm. For some people it's not. Mm-hmm. For some people it's not meant to be. Can we just admit that everyone is okay to have their feelings and not have to feel like a piece of crap? And that's what I think sometimes gets stirred up in the media is like, here's the goal line and women just can't ever get there. This is reminding me of the millennials versus the Gen Z debate on TikTok and Instagram where basically there's really no proof. Do you know the middle part thing? Does any of this resonate with you? Yeah, skinny jeans, middle part. Yeah. And and it turns out as people started digging into it, they're like, what are they using as proof for this? And it's like just a random Gen Z or saying like, I like flare leg jeans or something. Like they weren't saying you're old because you have a side part. They were just sort of like, hey, look, I wear wide leg jeans now. And then millennials are sort of like, hey, look, we used to wear wide leg jeans when we were young. Uh, But that's what that's reminding me of. And I didn't mean to cut you off except to say, isn't that sort of what the media does sometimes? They just sort of pick a thing, pick at it till it bleeds, cause a big storm, and then move on to the next scab. And then we're, and then there's just a slew of women behind just going, what am I supposed to do? How am I ever going to measure up? Well, I'm really glad you said that because I think a couple of things that I also just want to note is that at the time, like back in the 80s, I think this is what's so frustrating is the researchers tried to say their work was being wildly misinterpreted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this trope is just too delicious for the media. Sure. They cannot help themselves. In addition, you know, looking at looking into the history of that joke, you actually sent me this article. This is the one where they finally retract. Oh, 
yeah. the article. Yeah. And when I was reading down through what you sent, that line about the um, being more likely to be killed by a terrorist, that was actually a joke. Yeah. It had nothing to do with the science. Right. And it was a joke that was written by a correspondent who's a woman and then added into the article by a writer, also a woman. Then it went through several editors who approved it because they thought that the readers would interpret the joke as hyperbole. Right. They were wrong. Very, so, very wrong. Yeah. 20 years and, worth of wrong. And I think I just want to say that like, it, it's worth noting that there were women at the base of that. Yeah. And so it just sort of, I just think we're just sort of circling around this thing every episode that it's, it's not, it's not being driven by one group. It's not being um, perpetuated by one group, whether Mm -hmm. it's a Southern stereotype or a female stereotype or whatever it is, it exists out there in the larger world. And I think the best we can do as individuals is try and just kick the poo and tar out of those stupid stereotypes. Gosh darn it. Just don't be an a-hole. Just don't be an a-hole. Also, just to show you the kind of person I am, I look at this 3% stat anyway, and I'm like, man, you had a 3% chance of getting killed by a terrorist? Mm-hmm. The 80s were, like, dangerous. <laughs> like That seems high to me. Do you, 3%? Do you feel like it's lower now? I don't. I would and they don't specify the whether it's an international terrorist or a domestic terrorist. I don't think they made that specification. Then. So I don't <laughs> so, know that it's not higher now. So the whole thing is just weird, right? The whole thing is weird. Let's not dig into those statistics. Let's just <laughs> no. focus on the fact that you showed up for the designing women and you left with us saying, man, whatever you choose, this is your life. This is your journey. Be okay with it because we're okay with it. You do it, you live it, you love it. The only thing we expect you to do is turn in uh, or tune in. <laughs> tune in and leave week. us a rating. <laughs> tune in a nice one for Sweet Tea and TV. That's your only expectation as a man, a woman, whoever you are. An animal. Wherever you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vegetable, mineral. <laughs> I'll take a mineral rating. I don't care. I'll take whatever. I'm not above it. Yeah. Because you know what that mineral is? Gold, baby. It's gold. <laughs> And on that note, I'm going to go eat a sandwich. This has been your edition of Extra Sugar.